0: Um, so, we got, the, uh, we got the privilege of speaking to you guys about uh, dating relationships, but we're not going to just be talking about dating relationships, uh, we're also going to be talking about just relationships in general. Uh, so, friendships, dating relationships, and how that kind of ties into the theme of what we're talking about. So, obviously, the theme for this retreat uh, has been vine and branches, John 15, 1 through 17. Uh, and... What we're talking about today, uh, so before we kind of jump into all that and uh, do some of the defining pieces of the vine, branches, the gardener, um, we're going to give you a little bit of a history of our relationship um, and how things kind of began. So uh, I met Lindsay, We were both kind of in the campus ministry over at Lindenwood University, and I had been in several relationships. Leading Several? up to this. Many, many relationships leading up to this. Um and the opposite was true for my wife, right? I had lots of relationships? No. The opposite. Oh uh, the opposite. True.
1: Yes, this is true. I had no. Zero. <clears throat> like, um <laughs> not that I know that sounds bad. Well, that doesn't sound bad, but I really didn't want to date. I wasn't, you know, I'd rather I was not a Christian, so I really would rather go um, to parties and uh, what would you say?
0: You were in very few relationships. We'll very just, few. We'll yeah. just okay. keep it We'll vague. just keep it that So um, we <laughs> met, we were in a class together, and uh, we, it was a history class, and she sat in the seat right behind me, and she would always be tapping her foot, and I was like, hey, Thumper, keep it down back there. What's going on? And ever since then, she had fell in love with me. That was it, that was all it took. But, so see if you guys are, uh, if you guys want to know how to get into a dating relationship, you just make fun of them once and it should be it. That's all it takes, no kidding. Um, but we took that class and through that class we started communicating more with each other. Uh, we would walk from that class to lunch right after. Um, and one of the cool things about Lindsay was that she was really connected with her girls in her small group. Um, And we'll get more into detail in that as we get into the lesson. Um, And that was one of the things that kind of attracted me to her and drew me to her. Um, And it all kind of started from there. We communicated more. um, We're texting. Then we started going on dates. Uh, But there was something about me that I had to realize in myself when it came to our relationship was that a lot of relationships I would jump into were because of security reasons, so I got a lot of security from the attention I was shown by females. If they showed me attention, I got security from that, and I was naturally drawn to it. And so I would just get into a relationship. I thought, oh, yeah, this is what it's, you know. And even after I had become a Christian, it became that. Um, and so we started dating, and then I had, I was actually one of my guys in my small group. Uh, some of you guys might know him. His name is Fernando. Uh, He was one of the guys in my small group. I was leading a small group at the time. And he was like, hey, dude, when are you going to just stop dating? I was like, ooh, ouch. You know, especially coming from Fernando, like I was really, that was really hard for me to hear coming from my cell guy telling his leader, like, hey, dude, stop dating. Chill out for a second. And I was like, you're right. Like I need to to figure out where I'm getting my security from and just chill out for a minute. Um, And then we... uh, At like six months later, we started dating after that. So let's jump into kind of the the relationship of the vine and the branches and the gardener. Um, So it says in John 15, it says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. So obviously we understand that the vine is Jesus, right? It's where we draw all of our strength, it's where we draw all of our nutrients, all of the things come from the vine, come from the root, right? And we are the branches that kind of come off of that vine. If we aren't connected to that vine, then we can't get nutrients. We can't get the things that we need to grow and flourish and produce fruit. Um, And then we've also got the gardener, which is God, our Father in Heaven. And He's the one who kind of takes care of these branches and nurtures it. If you guys watched that video the first night that we had, and the guy was like talking about pruning and what pruning looks like, um, it's, a, you know, it's a process that enhances growth. It gets rid of some of the old dead stuff and it ha- enhances growth. And we'll get a little more deeper into that later in the lesson as well. Um, but there's a relationship between all of these things. Right, The gardener, his purpose is to take care of the vine and its branches, and the vine is the thing that, per- that produces all the nutrients and everything that flows from the vine allows the branches to have fruit and have everything that they need. So if we understand the relationship between us as the branches and the importance of us being connected to that vine, then everything else should be able to flow from that. Um, And one of the quotes I wanted to read, uh, there's a guy, a lot of you guys have probably heard of a guy named Tony Evans. Uh, Tony Evans, we watched some videos from him at the marriage retreat. Uh, There was a men's retreat we had last year with Tony Evans speaking.
1: Ladies retreat.
0: Ladies retreat, uh, Tony Evans. So a, a lot of you guys may have heard who this man is, Well, one of the quotes he has is, it says, too many people want healing for their hurts, but not a relationship with the healer. And so when you think about that is we've all got hurts, right? And there, we want healing from those hurts. Nobody wants to hurt, right? If I was to ask for a show of hands, how many of you guys want to be hurt? I doubt anybody's going to raise their hand, right? Nobody wants to be hurt on purpose. And we all want healing from those hurts. But what he's saying here is, but we don't want a relationship with the healer. The one who's able to heal all those hurts, we neglect or we disconnect ourselves from and try to find healing In other ways, Um, so it's important that we understand how important our the relationship is to our heavenly Father and to the vine. So, what we're going to talk about now is if we're going to have healthy, growing relationships, we must first
1: abide in Christ. Okay. Uh, Um, So, what it talks about, I know you've heard this verse over the span of this week, John 15. But I'm just going to really quick spout it out. But um, John fifteen four, abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Okay. Um, John fifteen five, apart from me, you can do nothing. Okay. Um, communicating and um, this in relationships, if you do not put God first, if you do not abide in Him, you're gonna struggle. There is no relationship that is beneficial that um, you can have if you do not put God first. I mean, RJ did an excellent job of talking about the love of Christ and how important it is. Okay? I don't know about you, and maybe it's more so um, the adults in the room, but if I am talking to someone or a teen, like there are some things, some key things, I can tell they are not abiding in Christ just in our relationship. You know, there's going to be a wall. (laughs) Me and Jasmine always get into this because I'm like, there's a wall. There's a wall. What's wrong with you? Like, I can't, I can't talk to you. I can't, you know, I can't have a relationship with you right now because there's a wall. There is going to be that if you are not abiding in Christ, if you are not um, putting God first, loving him and being in connection with him. You know, God's greatest commandments are about connecting to other people, right? And if we're not abiding in Him, if we are not loving Him, then how can we connect to other people, okay? So making sure that we're abiding in Him. And if we abide in Him, there's gonna be a few choices that we have and a few things that are going to be represented in that, especially within our relationships, okay? Um, These are things for yourself, but within your relationships, these same things should be happening, whether it be boyfriend-girlfriend relationships, or friendships, okay? Um, So placing an importance on God's word and prayer. Um, Psalms 1, 2 through 3. But whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night? That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Um, I think about relationships that I have. Whether it be, you know, um, between Ryan and I or between friendships. And the people that you speak with, I'm, one of mine that sticks out to me is my grandma. She recently passed and, um, you know, she, this verse embodies her. Like her delight was in God. I didn't doubt it for a second. You know, like whenever I was with her, she constantly talked about um, his goodness and she couldn't wait to be with him. You know, like every single time. And think about your relationships. You know, how, um, like, is that what you talk about? Is your excitement with God? You know, when Ryan and I talk, sometimes we'll get to talk about, you know, people we're reaching out to, or we'll get to talk about you guys, okay? Um, Specifically the kids within our group. And like, is there that, you know, for me or Ryan, like one of the most attractive things to me is when he's excited about, a guy that he's pouring into and the changes that could be happening in their life, you know? And hopefully, I'm sure the same with me, you know? How attractive is it for you to look at someone of the same opposite sex and be like, wow, like, look at their excitement over someone having to change life, you know? Is that how you talk to the person that you're in a relationship with? Are you, or is it just about you, you know? But, um...
0: Real quick, speaking about, like, You know, obviously she's talking about the importance of uh, God's word and prayer. And just talking about how you communicate to people, what you talk about, the things that you talk about. I'm going to read a quote, and this one is from a guy that a lot of you guys know, uh, Robert Cox. He actually spoke this quote this weekend. Um, (laughs) And the quote was, uh, it goes something like this. It says, how often have you talked to the most significant other in your life? compared to the one you made your most significant other. And if you're speaking of a dating relationship, maybe that's your girlfriend, maybe that's your boyfriend, maybe even you're not in a dating relationship, but you've put something else above the, the most significant other that should be in your life. right? How do you communicate? How do you talk to that most significant other? And we're talking about a relationship with God. <clears throat> I know for me, and this is, you know, this is just a confession from me, Over the last few weeks, um, I feel like one of the things that I can tend to struggle with is I want to take control. I want control of my life. So I I, I like to do things based on my own abilities, based on my own understanding. I want to accomplish things, like I want to do good things, but I spend too much time trying to do those good things because I can do them physically, like I can do them mentally, whatever. And instead of actually communicating and relying on my Father in Heaven to allow me to do those things, I try to take it into my own hands. So over these last few weeks and even like the last month, I've really lacked in my own communication with my relationship with my Father in Heaven. You know, just not getting down on my knees and spending time in prayer communicating with Him, asking Him for things because I need Him in my life. I need strength from him, because if you guys know anything about me, which we didn't even introduce ourselves, um, you know, we're over at the Inner Belt Church, my <laughs> name's Ryan, this is Lindsay. Um, A <laughs> little late. little late. But if you guys know anything about me, I'm super insecure. You know, I struggle with uh, what people, what other people think of me. Like, when I get up and teach lessons, there's this heaviness on my chest. I feel like someone's sitting on my chest because I'm so anxious and nervous and worried about what people are going to think about me. And that's just a little bit about myself. That's one of my weaknesses. So I need and must rely on the relationship with my Father in Heaven to give me those things so that I can get up here and speak and talk about all the good things that God has done in my life and what He's brought me into. So how does? what is your communication with the most significant other in your life, what does that look like?
1: <clears throat> no, you're good. Okay, but so we are talking about we're being in your word and prayer, okay? Um, communicating with those in your relationship about those things. Um, seeking wise counsel, okay? Um, asking advice, you know, people who have been in relationships. Some of you guys are like, I've been in a relationship for a month. Yay. <laughs> and you're like, I know it all. Let me give you relationship advice. Okay, yeah. Like a month, I get it. But when Ryan and I were dating for a month, I'm just trying to even think. We were just so in love and puppy dogs, and we didn't even actually know. That's the opposite. I was running away from him, and he was trying to give me hugs and hold my hand. And I was like, no, back up, back up. Because <laughs> I was so I like think that. That's...
0: <laughs> bringing that up, I think that's actually what drew me to her because I, all those other relationships that I was got in, a
1: stiff arm I, I want, well that sounds kind of weird,
0: but <laughs> all the other relationships that I was in, it was the girl was excited for me and like gave me the attention that I wanted, and it was the exact opposite with Lindsay, so I had to pursue her in order, if I was going to have a relationship with her, I had to pursue her, and which was totally different from what I was used to. But I think that's what made it so special. Yeah, but, anyways,
1: so seeking people out, okay? Asking people questions. Hey, is this normal? Like, hey, I know it's been, like, you know, I think so often we feel like we have to hide things. And, like, if we go and seek wise counselor, if we go talk to our leader, they're gonna be like, shame on you. You're horrible. You held hands, you kissed him. You, oh my gosh. So you instead just go, "Uh, I'm not going to ask any questions. I'm not going to talk to them about it because you're worried about the shame or feeling like you're wrong or told you're wrong. That's not the case. I, I know you might think that we're like, no, relationships. No, like we are your biggest cheerleaders. How awesome to see relationships that are godly, that are successful, and that are Bringing other people to Christ. We want that from you. So instead of like putting this, Satan, putting this lie in your head that we don't want you guys to be successful or want your relationships to flourish, that's completely false. But instead, you guys decide to hide things and you decide to um, act like we are the enemy. (laughs) You know, we've made mistakes. We have made lots of mistakes okay? in our relationship. We are we haven't always had 3 kids, 4 kids and um, ha, like kind of had it together. Okay? When we were dating, we broke up multiple times because we had issues, but we sought advice. You know, sometimes we didn't. And that's what got us into more trouble. And, you know, I think guys, we you can avoid a lot of mistakes if you guys just put your pride aside and be like hey, you've done this. You know, okay? And we're not the enemies, okay? Um, but, so second is to seek that wise counsel, okay? Um, if we're gonna abide in Christ. And then third, okay, remember our commitment. Um, oh, so I think a couple things, okay? I know I'm kind of hitting, I feel like on boy and girl relationships. Um, but like, just like in Christ, I remember what I died to. When I got baptized, I knew what I was going into. I knew what God required of me, because I saw it in his word, but I also had other people helping and teaching me, okay? So I knew that commitment, um, and I think we have to remember that, you know? When we look at, I think it's in Genesis, or sorry, Deuteronomy 8, and um, Moses is talking to the people, and they're over here, whining and complaining right they were in the desert okay and they had just gotten out of slavery and they're over here like oh it's so hot oh I'm so hungry oh I'm so tired and they're whining and complaining and Moses comes up and he's like are you kidding me you were just enslaved and I and God rescued you didn't you see him part the Red Sea like didn't you see those things but we forgot right and we can forget How good God is. Think over, like, sometimes we need to just be called back to remembrance and be like, man, God has taken me from this. Like, I think, and I tell, like, my girls this all the time, I didn't ever want to be married. I didn't want to have kids. Like, I was not like that. I am completely different. Like, I love Ryan and, you know, I love my kids. I can't imagine my life without them, you know, but I have to remember like that is what God has brought me from like God has done amazing things in my life and um but that's the same thing in our relationships you know um and sometimes it's it's really nice not sorry it's really nice to have a relationship with someone who also has that same remembrance you know, if you are in a relationship with someone and their, their authority is not God, like, who are they answering to? Themselves. You know, and it is one of the most attractive things. When Ryan and I will be, and I will be fighting um, and, you know, he has to answer to God. And I can say, hey, what does scripture say about this? You know, there are are a couple times, and I'm sure a couple of the, you know, we've sat down with Ashley and RJ, we've sat down with a couple other people in here where I was like, I'm like, we're we're about ready to throw in the towel, you know, and because there's just been, relationships are hard, and, um, but thankfully we both answer to a God who says that's not the case, who says that's not an option, Um, and it's really great to be in a relationship with someone who answers to our Heavenly Father, not ourselves. And I really encourage you if you're not in a relationship with someone who answers to God, then you're missing out on an awesome relationship because we are not perfect. We are wrong, we are flawed. And, um, you know, when we have the most, he- our Heavenly Father, to give us that counsel and that advice, that is going to be where we have the best relationships. Okay.
0: And if we're honest, uh, whenever we're the if you guys look at your life, and whenever you're the one that's calling the shots and making the rules, and you're the one that dictates what happens, a lot of times when we do that, things begin to fall apart. Or we that's when we really truly make mistakes. But like what Lindsay's saying, when we have heavenly father who calls the shots and he's the one that sets the guidelines in place of what a healthy relationship looks like that's when I mean we don't have to worry anymore now I don't have to worry about what my opinions are what her opinions are how I feel how she feels we can look at what God has to say about our relationship and he can be that final say Um, so the first thing like Lindsay was talking about is we've if we're gonna have healthy relationships we must Abide in Christ. The second thing is we must answer the call to a higher purpose. Okay, if we're going to have healthy relationships, we must answer the call to a higher purpose. So, some of the friendships that I think about in the Bible uh, is a lot of you guys may have heard this friendship is Jonathan and David. Um, So, David, if you guys even haven't even read the Bible, a lot of you guys have heard the story of David and Goliath, right? David was a young teenager. And they were going up against a Goliath, a giant, nine-foot-tall Goliath, who was cursing their God. And David said, no, I've had enough of this. I'm not going to stand for that. And he uses a sling and a stone and takes down this big giant. Um, And in that instance, uh, he wins the hearts of all the people. um, And then he begins this friendship and this relationship with Jonathan. And Jonathan was the son of King Saul at the time. And King Saul didn't like all the praise and that David had won the hearts of all the people because now people were talking about David. And David became a mighty warrior and he was killing all these, all these people when they would go to war. And people were singing a song saying that David was killing hundreds of thousands, but Saul, he's over here just maybe a thousand. Um, and that made him really angry. So he would try to kill David, but Jonathan was really loyal and their relationship was really strong. And he would protect David from his own, even his own father, um, from his own father trying to kill David. Um, and so you look at this relationship between Jonathan and David, and they always had each other's backs. But most importantly, they were always making sure that they were doing things for the right reasons and because of a relationship with God, not just based on how they felt. So one of the relationships that I think of, you know, for me personally in my own life is, uh, A guy named Evan. Um, A lot of you guys in the Wentzville group, you guys know who Evan is. Um, Me and Evan, we kind of started our relationship at Lindenwood University. We were in the same dorm and we were across the hall from each other, and that's kind of where it it all began. Um, You know, we'd go into each other's rooms, we would goof around, uh, you know, do different things throughout the hallways. And it started there. Then it kind of morphed into, like, Evan would invite me to go out to eat with his family. We'd go to eat at bandanas, and his dad would always buy us those little donut holes. Those things were (laughs) my favorite. Um, But, you know, we started to build this friendship and this relationship together. and And then it became like studying the Bible together. And Evan getting baptized at the, it used to be called, well, at family vacation, I don't know how many years ago now. It's been a long time, um, but then it turned into us rooming together and being in a cell together, and then we were in each other's weddings um, and now leading in ministry together. So I look at my relationship with Evan, and one of the things that was the best about our relationship is that same thing, answering that call to a higher purpose, um, both me and Evan were focused on our relationship with God and how we were going to please him. Now, there were a lot of times where we had to call each other out on some of the mistakes that we made. Um, You know, there was an instance where I just, I remember, you know, uh, catching Evan doing something that he shouldn't have been doing and talking to him about it, pulling him aside and being like, hey, dude, like, what are you doing? Like, and just making sure that I was being that, that friend that wasn't gonna just stand up for it or like cover it up and be like, oh, you know, it's not a big deal. Like I was gonna make sure that I was holding him to a higher standard and making sure that we're answering that call to that higher purpose. Um, and when I look at that, that friendship, we also knew about what was going on in each other's lives. You know, when I look at relationships with guys and this is, you know, just speaking to the guys, Typically, guys don't have good relationships with each other. Would you guys agree? And when I say don't have good relationships, I'm not talking about that they don't hang out, have fun together, play sports together, uh, you know, play video games together. I'm, that's not what I'm talking about. Doing activities is different. But how much do you guys actually know about what's going on in that person's life? That's what I'm talking about when it, whenever it comes to relationships with guys and i'm speaking out of weakness myself it can be really easy to just want to have fun and shoot the breeze not talk about anything serious but whenever it comes down to asking deeper questions how how you're doing hey are you spending time in god's word are you you know it sounds so cliche or maybe that question sounds cheesy but how cheesy is that actually when you care more about them as a branch being connected to the vine than you do about just not knowing how their condition of their heart is, right? I mean, if you're actually going to be a good quality friend, you should know the condition of your friends. You should know if they're connected to the vine or not. And you should be able to challenge that and encourage that to make sure that they're answering that call that they made that commitment to when they made that decision to make him Lord and Master of their life.
1: So for girls, um, I was looking through just some of the different friendships and I, um, relationships, friendships um, and Hagar and Sarah came out to me um, and it is not a good example, okay, you could say, um, so just a little pre, um, little explanation basically is um, Abraham and Sarah, they were told that they were going to get pregnant, right, and they were going to fulfill this purpose, right, okay. So they had a purpose, they were going, their descendants were going to be as numerous as the stars in the sky, so on and so forth. And then Sarah, she's like, okay, God, this is taking a while, you know, I'm almost, I'm getting up there. And then she's like, well, maybe this won't happen through me. I know God promised this and I know his promises are true. However, maybe this won't happen. So he says, oh, here's, she says, here's my servant Hagar you know, and let Abram go sleep with her and see if he can impregnate her. Um, and so it says after in Genesis sixteen three. so after Abram had lived 10 years in the land of Canaan, um, Sarah, Abram's wife, took Abraham, took Hagar, the Egyptian, her servant, and gave her to Abram, her husband, as a wife. Um, and he went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with contempt on her mistress. And Sarah said to Abram, may the wrong done to me be on you. You hear that? So she is now blaming Abram and saying, may the wrong be done be on your head. So he's, she's going around and blaming, blaming, um, blaming Abram. Girls are crazy, right? right? Didn't, didn't he, didn't, did you hear that? <laughs> she just gave Hagar to him and then said, it's your fault. Okay, whatever. Anyways, um... I gave my servant to your embrace and when she saw she had conceived she looked on me with contempt right so Hagar is upset okay Hagar is upset with Sarah now I'm pregnant with your husband's son okay and when we look at that relationship okay Hagar and Sarah could have had a great relationship yes Hagar was her servant but they could have been friends right but instead okay First of all, Sarah did not listen to the purpose that was originally given to her, right? She didn't trust God. She didn't trust that God was gonna fulfill that promise. And sometimes, us as girls, we don't, we don't trust that as well. And that's where we get it. We don't trust that God has a purpose in every situation, okay? And with Hagar and Sarah, it ended up backfiring. And now, Hagar is completely hateful and despising towards Sarah. You know, and now she has conceived Abram's Abram's son. So now we are in a situation where they're entangled forever in a bad relationship, right? Okay, these women now have to kind of be a part of each other's lives because they have common um, interests. Okay, and when we look at that relationship, it it's not beneficial, and it's because Sarah did not remember the purpose and trust the purpose that God had given her in the first place, okay, Um, and I think about the choices, or not the choices, sorry, some of us in that jealousy, um, well, let me nix that, never mind, anyways, later in the story, Sarah's mean to Hagar, and Hagar flees, and um, God comes to Hagar and is like, hey, Go back to your mistress. Basically, go make things right. You know, how many of us um, are those girls who we don't want to talk to this girl? Whether he took my boy, she took my boyfriend. Uh, she was mean. She likes the same guy I do. Mm, I'm not going to talk to her. Okay, I'm done. And then you have to get slapped on the back by God and be like, turn back, go. Like, Or your leader. How many of your leaders are like, you need to go talk to this person? And you're like, uh, I don't want to. You know, and it happens because of your original choices to not believe or not trust the purpose that God originally gave us, okay? Ladies, do not let it be up to your leader or up to, well, you do want it to be up to God, but up to someone else to tell you, turn around, stop being petty, turn around, and do what you know you should do and go and talk to your friend, okay? Be a friend, but that relationship was severed because they didn't, She didn't listen to the original purpose that God had given her,
0: okay? So having purpose, we're gonna talk about what having purposeful friendships is not, okay? So speaking about friendships, having purposeful friendships is not about competition or jealousy, okay? If you guys are having, if you guys have friends, it should not be a competition, right? It shouldn't be about, oh, I'm better than you, I'm better at you at this, at this, at this. There shouldn't be that competition there to constantly be one-upping each other, right? If you guys are friends, you guys have the same purpose, you're answering a call to the same purpose, there shouldn't be a competition. It should be like a teammate working together for the same goal. Um, The other thing that purposeful friendships is not is being oblivious to what is going on in each other's lives, right? If you guys are gonna have purposeful friendships, you have to know what's going on in each other's lives. Um,
1: I don't know if this weekend if you guys have been in um, discussions and some of you guys are talking about things going on and like sin is coming out or whatever it may be you guys are talking about and you're looking at that person and you're like what I'm so surprised you know or or the opposite you knew about it and here it is coming out and you were covering for it okay but we're going to get to that but um, <laughs> I, if you are oblivious you are not a true friend. You are not, I, I, if you don't know what's going on in someone else's life, even the worldly things, even the things of like, hey, your favorite food, your favorite, like those things, that's things that everybody in the world knows about each other, right? But what about like, but we call to a higher purpose, we are called to be um, disciples and to love one another. Some of us, we don't even know Those things, right? We don't even know what what their favorite passage is. Are they reading? Are they connected to God? Okay, who are they reaching out to, right? How often is that in a conversation? And I know you're like, oh, of course they're gonna ask this question because we're at a church retreat. But really, do you guys know who who your friends are reaching out to? Are you trying to help them reach out to them? Or are you like, you got it, good luck, do it. I hope that goes well, or are you encouraging them, saying, hey, let's go somewhere together. Hey, let's, um, let's go get bubble tea or Starbucks or whatever together, whatever you wanna say, okay? But being a friend is all of those things, right, that we are holding them accountable to a higher purpose, but also, we're helping them, okay? We're involved, we're not just the cheerleader on the side, but we're going in there and giving them a pat on the butt and helping them out, you know? Okay, Okay.
0: so being oblivious to what's, you know, what's going on in each other's lives. That should not be if you're going to have purposeful friendships. The other thing is covering for each other's sins, right? If you guys are going to be good quality friends to each other, you should not be covering for the sin, right? You guys should be the ones that are holding each other accountable. If you find out, like, let's say you guys are, if you guys are truly good friends to each other and you find out your brother or sister is sinning or involved in sin, There needs to be a deadline. Hey, listen, like, I get it, like, you messed up, but guess what? You got to go tell somebody, and this is how much time you have, otherwise I'm going to tell them, right? Because you care more about them than just watching them walk off this cliff and destroying their life. And if you care that much about them, then you're going to be willing to set a deadline. You're going to be able to set a boundary with your friends that says, guess what, I love you a lot and I care more about your relationship with God than I do about you just looking embarrassed or being ashamed or getting caught in something that you had no business being in in the first place. So there shouldn't be a covering up for each other's sins if we're going to have purposeful friendships. And it's important that we realize that because, I mean, even if you look at sports, a lot of you guys in here play probably play sports, Right? If one of your teammates isn't doing what they should do, you're gonna. what are you going to say? Oh, yep, just keep being lazy on the court. No, you're going to lose the game. You're going to lose in whatever sport you're in. You're going to encourage them, and you're going to challenge them. You're going to hold them accountable. Just like in that, there's no different. But we can't be covering up for each other's sins. We can't be covering up for those mistakes. We should be encouraging and challenging each other.
1: And I think, too, you know, like, <laughs> I think, well, When I was your guys' age, and I look back at the sin, you know, that I was, we were not disciples, you know. But you guys have made that commitment. You've died to yourself, and you decided to make Lord, Jesus, Lord and Master of your life. And um, some of the sins I'm hearing are some of the things that you guys are doing, sneaking out. um, I mean, whether you're partying, drinking, those things. But also, don't forget the things of the heart. (laughs) Don't forget the lying. The jealousy, all those things. I think it can be really easy to be like, "You snuck out, you hooked up with that guy," and just like, it's easy. Those are out there. But what about the things that are like, that are harder to detect? You notice someone is just to themselves, that they're, you know, they're wanting to focus on themselves, be in their comfort zone. Are you challenging those things too? Yes, they're not so out there, but are you are you challenging those things? Okay. Or are you just like, oh, they're okay. I think eventually they'll get it, you know. What if there is no eventually? I coach for a volleyball club, and um, two of the girls recently this year, you know, they they died. They were, one of them was in a drunk driving car accident, and the other one was in college and climbing up a fire escape, drunk, and fell off, you know. You guys think that can never happen to you, you know, and it is not as common, however, it is possible. But this stuff is possible when you cover for each other, right? The girl that was in a car accident, it was at 2 a.m. Who knew if her mom knew? Maybe she had snuck out, right? But instead, some of you guys are like, oh, it's okay, we're teenagers, we do this. And you guys are being so um, too like conniving about it, okay? But this is your eternity. Your eternity is at stake, and you guys are just saying it's okay for someone to, or for people, for you guys, girls, okay, and guys, to just be caught up in sin, okay?
0: Okay, the other thing that purposeful friendships is not is being afraid to confront mistakes, okay? I told you I'm somebody who's, you know, can be a really insecure person. Well, I also hate conflict. So if I have something against somebody, I try to avoid that conflict at all costs. Uh, But when you look at what scripture says, it says to go to your brother and correct them, gently correct them in hopes that it will lead them to repentance. So for those of you guys who are afraid to confront those things, you know, you're not showing love to that person if you're not willing to confront those mistakes. Uh, The other thing is excluding those who are not like you. Um, You know, I, I see a lot of it. In the youth ministry, there's these little cliques of friendships, and we can exclude those who aren't like us. It's natural to to connect with the people that are a lot similar to us, right? They like similar things. They have things in common. That's natural. But it's not okay when we see brothers and sisters just off there sitting to themselves, and we're not trying to include them and bring them in on those friendships.
1: Um, And then selfish and self-focused okay Um, some of us just it's selfish right okay you're in here and you're like ooh let me figure out who um, who I get along with best or who um, I know sorry we talk (laughs) but selfish and self-focused okay so now looking at our dating relationships okay Um, purposeful Adam and Eve okay if we look at Genesis 1 28 um, they were given a purpose to be fruitful and multiply they did this, right? I'm sure um, Adam liked this more than Eve, right? <laughs> okay, it's a little bit easier on the guys than Eve because she had to give birth and multiply. Ooh, okay, and that's it's pretty rough, okay? Um, but they needed to be, to tend the land, subdue it, name the animals, and obey God, okay? So there was their purpose.
0: And then also with Abraham and Sarah. Uh, They had a similar purpose of being fruitful and multiply, but God gave them a promise to make their descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as numerous as the sands on the seashore. Um, So, you know, and Abraham was also given the purpose of being the father of all nations, all right? Uh, With that promise came a challenge of faith. If you guys know the story about Abraham and Isaac, he had his firstborn son um, when he was 100 years old, and they had been waiting for this promise to be fulfilled. And then shortly after, God says, well, now I want you to sacrifice your son. That son you waited 100 years for, now I want you to sacrifice him. And guess what he does? He gets up early in the morning. He takes his son. They walk up the hill. And right before he's about to sacrifice his son, God says, no, I can't believe you trusted me so much. That's, that's amazing that your faith is that strong that you are willing to give up the one thing that you waited 100 years for because you trust that I'm going to make the best decisions for your life and be, you know, be that thing that, that gives you life.
1: So Solomon... <clears throat> First Kings 11, he um, was David's son, right? And then he was given a purpose, the same purpose that David was given, which was to be king and have God rule, right? God um, be the purpose behind it. But anyways, he got tied into relationships, right? He had over, what, 300 wives, okay? How many of us are, are like that, okay? Not to be what whatever with the guys, but really, one girl, okay, then you're done. Next girl, you go from girl to girl to girl, or girl's end, you go from guy to guy to guy, and no one ever fulfills you, right? Nothing will ever fulfill you other than God, and Solomon saw that too. He was never fulfilled because he constantly went from girl to girl to girl, okay, seeking that fulfillment, thinking it would fill him up, and it never did. Okay, he had to go to 300 of them. Okay. And then in the worst way is those wives turned his heart against the Lord. Like it doesn't say whether he had eternity, but his father was a man after God's own heart. You would think, right, that he would also want that and treasure that, but he didn't. It it's explained that clearly.
0: And it started with him disobeying God and marrying foreign wives mm-hmm. that led him astray. So, when we, you know, one of the things Lindsay had mentioned earlier is making sure that whatever dating relationship that you're in, hopefully that person has a commitment to their Father in heaven and can answer to that common purpose. Otherwise, like King Solomon, you're going to get led astray and let out into the world and believe the things of the world rather than believing what God has in store and the blessings He has for you. So, purposeful dating relationships are not. Putting your security in that person, right? God should be your first priority whenever it comes to a dating relationship. And that stands for dating relationship. That stands for a marriage. There should never be a point in time when God isn't first and foremost our priority. Because when that priority gets mixed up, whether that's with my wife, with my kids, when my kids become the most important thing in my life, and God's second, then things fall apart. I start getting angry. I start losing my temper. My kids start to reap the consequences of me not putting God as my first priority in my life. My wife, the same thing. Consequences for not putting God as the first priority.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, even, you know, I'll admit it. When I first went to Crosshat, guys, I went, and I I saw a cute boy there, and I was like, okay, I'm going back. Not for God, but because that cute boy was there. And I was looking for him every time I was there. But, you know, obviously, that didn't work out because it wasn't Ryan, OK? But um, but I ended up wanting that relationship with God. And some of you guys, I don't know if you came here and with the intent. Well, when you came here, you're like, yes, I'm going to get three days of dates with my significant other, with my boyfriend or girlfriend. Not dates, but you know what I mean, like time. Ooh, I can't wait to spend so much time with my boyfriend or girlfriend here. Like, that is on my mind, OK? How many of you guys came with the intention of, wow, I'm excited to like really grow in my relationships with the girls I have. I'm excited to get closer to God. Was that your intention? And I think some of it can even show in your actions. You know, Who is it that when you come in here to sit next to someone, are you going to sit next to the person that you know like, this is a relationship I really want to work on. Or are you going to sit next to your boyfriend or girlfriend or whoever makes you feel good, you know? Not to say that's wrong. Ryan and I sit next to each other all the time. Okay, but what is your intention of, you know, who, like, who what are you here for? What is your purpose in being here? And I think looking at that, you know, and saying, okay, did I come here to build those relationships, or is it really just about me? Helping my my relationship with my boyfriend or girlfriend.
0: So, purposeful dating relationships are also not spending every waking moment together. Um, Another thing is, it's not breaking boundaries that lead to sin. If you guys are in a dating relationship or thinking about getting into a dating relationship, there needs to be boundaries in your relationship, Uh, physical ones, especially. I think,
1: you know, like with Ryan and I, when we look back, you know, we had very clear boundaries about being in the car together. And we're like, okay, can't be in the car together too long because we know that kind of just leads, that does not lead to good things. It never did, you know? And a lot of times we'd be like, oh, we're right at 20 minutes. Let's set a timer. Like, we want to get right to that line before things happen. And then we're like, okay, yeah, we're good. That's not how Satan works. Satan's not like, oh, we've been super pure in our relationship. And then you you get with them and you're like, oh, let's have sex. It's not like boom, boom. Okay, he gets like that's what it talks about in scripture. There's footholds.
0: It's the small, it's the small little compromises that Mm -hmm. we make, of breaking these little boundaries that you place in your relationships that will lead you into that sin. It's not like she's saying it's not necessarily something that happens in an instant. But when you break that small little boundary, oh, we'll just sit in the car a little longer, and then the next time it's oh, it's just a little bit longer than that, and then. You're watching a movie together and there's a blanket over you and, you know, whatever. Like those little, those little small compromises continue to lead towards places of sin, right? So you've got to make sure that you have clear-cut boundaries if you're going to be in a dating relationship together and make sure that those boundaries hold you accountable and hopefully other people understand and know what those boundaries are. Because if you're the only one that knows about those boundaries, then it can be very easy to break those boundaries and nobody even know about it right so you should have friends in your life that know about those boundaries leaders in your life that know about those boundaries and they should be able to hold you accountable to those boundaries as well
1: and then lacking a commitment to Christ okay um, if you guys are are not in the same pur- like you don't have the same purpose you're not reach if you're in a relationship and you guys are not looking to reach out to other people that are in relationships what what purpose are you having okay that should be a, a main goal Okay, or not even that, but like you know, Ryan does a really good job at this. He like um, whenever we were in campus, he would really intentionally be purposeful with the girls I was reaching out to. You know, he intentionally would look and be like, I'm you know encourage them, help them out, um, and it just was really nice because he helped me with it. Okay, I was able to go to those girls and be like, you know, like I'm I'm very blessed. Like God has been good to me. You know, and they could as well dream for that as for themselves. Mm-hmm.
0: So we, number one, we abide in Christ, right? Number two, we answer to the call to a higher purpose. And number three is we bear fruit together. Uh, there's, there's, in John 15:4 it says, no branch can bear fruit by itself, but it must remain in the vine, right? Remaining in the vine is important if we're going to be able to bear fruit. And a lot of you guys know what the different fruits are. There's two kinds of fruit. There's fruits of the Spirit. Right, Love, joy, peace, patience, uh, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, all of those are fruits of the Spirit. Those fruits should be coming out, people should be able to see those fruits of the Spirit lived out in your everyday life. Do people see joy in your life? Do they see you loving others, being patient, being kind, being gentle? Do they see those things in your life? And then the second fruit is the fruit of a changed life. So bearing fruit, you guys are going to be changing other people's lives. But you're not going to be able to, one of the things that Robert talked about is if you're not connected to the vine, but you're trying to reach out to others and change other people's lives, you're going to make a replica of yourself, right? He said that. So if we're not having a relationship with God, and a committed one that we are abiding in Christ, being connected to the vine, and getting the things that we need, then we're not going to be able to help somebody else to do that. We're just going to, you know, study the Bible with them, get them baptized, and then create that replica of ourselves, living in sin and hiding things and not being connected to the vine. So we've got to make sure that we're, that we're being connected.
1: And who's, when you look at that, looking at your relationships, who is it that... Um... You that you have helped change their life, you know? Who is it that you um, have had a main role because of your relationships? Someone sees your relationship, they're like, why is it like that? Why does it look like that? Well, it's because of God. God has done that in you, okay? And because of that, we can say, hey, like, this is because God has been good in my life, and um, that helps us to change, uh, that helps us to, um, bear fruit for other of other people, mm-hmm.
0: and you know, whenever it talks about in John 15, it talks about the gardener pruning. Okay, one of the important things about pruning is to remove dead, unwanted material. Um, but the the exact definition of it is the practice that in, entails the targeted removal of diseased, damaged, dead, non-productive, structurally unsound, or otherwise unwanted material. So God is going. He, his purpose is to get rid of some of those things, right? And how do we get rid of that dead, unwanted material? We confess. We confess our sins. We repent of those things. And we, there's going to be things that we need to change about ourselves if we're going to be able to bear healthy fruit, fruit that's going to last. Um, and so, whenever it comes to relationships, um, you know, if we're going to have these healthy relationships, we need to abide in Christ. Uh, we need to answer the call to that common purpose. And we also got to be able to bear fruit together. Um, So when you guys look at your guys' friendships, um, you've got to be able to answer those three things. Are you in your relationship, whether it's friendship or dating relationship, are you abiding in Christ?
1: You move past. Sorry.
0: <laughs> so we're at 52 minutes. Uh
1: oh. Okay. Last we thing. We don't have time so for the rest. I understand. Well. All right. right. Okay. So pruning, though. Okay. I think one of the things that's really important is um, <laughs> when we are um, getting rid of those things. Okay. One of the things that sticks out to me is Ryan and I get into a fight constantly about this thing right here, <laughs> and I'm sure you know um, you guys. I even see it. Friendships, dating relationships—you guys are like glued. Okay, they can be really good. You can communicate like you better than I could when I ever I had my first color phone when I was sixteen. Okay, um, you can be up to date, all those things. But I will—I remember this time we were in the car and Ryan, I was on my phone and he was talking to me. I was like, uh huh, huh, and I was just on my phone and he's like, I'm talking to you, and I'm like. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. And he takes my phone and he throws it across the car. And I'm over here like, why'd you just do that? And he's like, listen to me! And I'm like, okay, okay. And, but, I mean, but really... I don't, I don't
0: sound like that.
1: <laughs> yes, you do. Oh when he's angry, he does. But um, he's like, I just want you to listen to me. And then, of course, I, the girl gave him a silent treatment for about an hour. And he's like fuming at the wheel. Because um, we like to do that, girls. But... I look at that situation and I'm like you know that's so true we can be so absorbed in our phone that any relationship going on around us we just it doesn't matter because what's important is what's in front of us right what's giving us that instant gratification what's giving us that um, makes us feel good in that moment okay and I mean, we just lack in seeing so many opportunities and having that awareness because our heads are stuck in our phone, both in our relationships, um, dating, and friendships, okay? Um, So really take those times to do things together. You guys like to be on your phone? That's fine. Do it together. Make a TikTok, whatever, together, okay? But build those relationships using that tool, okay? Not making it, don't, Let it be a tool that separates you, but brings you together.
0: So, you know, just recapping everything that we've talked about, if you guys are going to have healthy relationships, abiding in Christ, answering the call to that common purpose, and then making sure that you're bearing fruit together. But guys, just, you know, as you guys finish out this weekend, remember and, and look at, evaluate where your friendships are at, right? If you guys aren't doing these things, then you need to start now. Like, don't wait, start now. Um, make sure that you're putting the importance on your relationship with God first and foremost, but then the importance of loving others, right? Like RJ was talking about in this last lesson, love the Lord your God, first and foremost priority, but love others is that second priority. Um, so let's, uh, let's close out with a prayer. Um, Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for uh, giving us this opportunity just to be able to talk about relationships. Uh, God, I know that in my life, uh, I've made a lot of really stupid mistakes, uh, whether that's in my friendships or my dating relationships. Um, God, I just pray that you will help us to all see the importance of putting you as our first priority in our life and answering uh, to the things that you call us to. Uh, Father, I just I know that whenever we put you first, uh, that you're going to bless us, uh, whether that's now, Uh, or whether that's in the future, and God, I just pray that you'll help us to be patient for the answer to that promise uh, that you give us all. God, I'm just really grateful for everybody in here. I just pray that they were able to take something from this, and God, help us to continue the weekend um, of growing in our relationship with you and growing in our relationship with each other, and we thank you for your son, and it's in his name we pray. Amen.
1: Amen.